You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today's broadcast will begin three minutes from the tone. Countdown commenced. Attention Cleveland Indians affiliate stations. Today's broadcast will begin one minute from the tone. Today's broadcast will begin in 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 
Five. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Our off-season shows continuing. Good show lined up for you this week. We'll have full coverage of the Major League Baseball Awards Week this week and the big story for Cleveland Indians fans. Francisco Lindor's pursuit of the American League Rookie of the Year Award. He finished second to Carlos Correa, the fine young shortstop for the Astros. In a very close vote, we'll hear from Lindor as well as manager Terry Francona on the Rookie of the Year voting. We will also continue our look around baseball at various clubs and what they're doing in the offseason. This week, we take an inside look at the Houston Astros after their tremendous breakthrough year. They've had a good week in terms of postseason awards with Dallas Keuchel winning the American League Cy Young Award. And A.J. Hinch, a runner-up in Manager of the Year Award, and also Correa, the Rookie of the Year. So a lot going on with the Astros. We'll hear from one of their radio broadcasters, former Major League pitcher Steve Sparks. We'll also have an update on a great ticket pack that you can take advantage of for the holiday season. Get you ready for next season with Tribe Baseball and much more as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. I don't need to be taught I'm special. I know what, what it took to be here. What can you give me? That no one else can. I don't want to just sit in the classroom. I want to go places and do things. I want more. Discover experiential learning at the University of Toledo. Learn abroad, become part of research teams, take part in community projects and more. Get out of the classroom and discover yourself. Visit utoledo.edu to learn more. I just want the world. Meet Peter. Hello? Peter is about to round out his bobblehead collection. Just need one more. But he'll go below his account's minimum balance and get charged a fee. Minimum balance fee? Yep. Because of a wiggly little statue. Switch to a KeyBank hassle-free account with no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees. Get full details at key.com slash switch now or any KeyBank branch. Member FDIC and Banking Home of the Indians. You know that little voice in your head that always says this? Don't eat that. You'll regret it in more ways than one. You should hear what it says about the protein-packed Subway Sweet Onion Chicken Teriyaki. Ooh, tender all-white meat teriyaki glazed chicken. Crisp veggies, sweet onion sauce, all on freshly baked bread and under 400 calories? This is better than good! The legendary Sweet Onion Chicken Teriyaki. Sounds great, doesn't it? 
Subway, eat fresh. Calories refer to regular six-inch subs on wider nine-grain wheat bread prepared as standard formula. See subway.com for fat, saturated fat, cholesterol, sodium content, and full nutritional info. Give the gift of baseball this season with a Tribe Holiday Six-Pack. Starting at just $84, six-packs include tickets to six of the most popular Friday, Saturday, or Sunday Indians games throughout the summer. And they're going wild at Progressive Field. And are available for seating options around the ballpark. Six-packs go on sale November 23rd. And when you buy before Thanksgiving, you'll get guaranteed access access to purchase opening day tickets. Packs are only available for a limited time, so visit indians.com to find out more. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us as we talk baseball on the radio during the offseason, and each week we bring you up to date on some of the news and notes involving the Tribe, and of course this week the American League Rookie of the Year of great interest to Indians fans and their shortstop, Francisco Lindor, who was a prime candidate, along with Houston's Carlos Correa, two young shortstops from Puerto Rico. And uh, they, in a close vote, took it down to the wire, and Correa came away with the Rookie of the Year award. But Lindor, very close. And when you look at, at the final numbers, very difficult for many voters to determine who should come out on top. Correa took down 17 first-place votes, Lindor 13, and the total voting 124 to 109. That is extremely close for any of the major awards, and certainly I think an indication that uh, a lot of folks feel that these two are very hard to separate, and both teams are very happy to have them as their shortstops. And and here's the, the thing that's just amazing. For Correa, he spent most of the season as a 20-year-old shortstop in the big leagues. He was called up in early June, ended up hitting 279. And I think the difference for a lot of voters that probably put him over the top, the power numbers, he had 22 home runs and 68 runs driven in. Lindor spent most of his season as a 21-year-old, all of his season as a 21-year-old. So a very young uh, shortstop And that's such a demanding position at the major league level. He played it well defensively, oftentimes spectacularly, and uh, ended up hitting 313 with a dozen homers and 51 runs driven in. And uh, when it was all said and done for uh, Lindor, there was some disappointment, but as classy as they come in defeat. And I think you'll find in some of his comments earlier this week that for Lindor, he was happy for his uh, fellow Puerto Rican shortstop, Carlos Correa, But uh, with him, in terms of not winning the Rookie of the Year award, it's all about winning on the field as a team in Major League Baseball. I kind of have my, I have my own expectations. You know, I just go out there, just try to compete day in and day out, and try to be the best player I can be. And uh, hope that whoever I'm playing for that that day, and that's what I that's what I I try to do. I try to do um, this past season. I just I'm just blessed, and I thank the Lord. You know, I just uh, didn't work out great. Especially because I, I'm in the big leagues. That's 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 good, that's what's special, you know. And 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 but uh, the season, yeah, I put good numbers, but we didn't win. At the end of the year, at the end of the year, we we didn't make the playoffs. So that's I was more bummed out of that that uh, um, me not winning the award, you know. So uh, I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to next year. Lindor also said the support from his manager Terry Francona made a huge difference in his season. Oh man, it, it was awesome. You know, he 
he that was kind of like what he told me um, since since day one. You know, he 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 wants to build that relationship, and I, you know, he he showed me that he believed in me, and I, you know, I trust him. I and I and I'm happy, and I thank him for for giving me the opportunity to play Dana Dell. And what about Tribe Manager Terry Francona? Well, he met with the Cleveland media earlier this week, including MLB.com's Jordan Bastion and Paul Hoynes, a longtime writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And uh, while the Tribe Manager was disappointed in the outcome of the Rookie of the Year voting, he still loves the fact that Lindor is his shortstop for the foreseeable future. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, I think I'm supposed to be emphatic. I mean, shoot, he's our player. Um, I'm guessing that if I was in Houston, I'd have been the same way for for Correa. I mean, he's a Correa is a special young player, and you know what? So is Lindor. This doesn't change one iota of this kid's future. He just got you know he it was a vote, and he lost out to a really special player, but that takes away nothing from how we feel about this kid or how we view his future. Tito, what, what impressed you the most about his game? Pointy, there, I would say there's really nothing that didn't. I mean, you know, when we, you know, you've been around the, the last three months and heard, you know, the kind of the way I answered things with him, and it's because it's how I felt. You know, his first month or his first hundred at-bats, he was kind of feeling his way through, and, you know, he held his head above water, but he didn't tear the leg up. But he held his head above water. You know, he made some base running mistakes. He made some youthful mistakes. And then you started to see, as he kind of started to get some confidence, he became a better base runner. He became a unbelievable shortstop, unbelievably reliable shortstop. Um, he started hitting on par with the best hitters in the league. And he kept that up until the last day of the season. I think the last two games of the year he didn't get hits, but I mean other, you know, he just he was one of the best players in the game for about a two month period. Tito, you guys obviously made a number of changes defensively in the second half, but how how big was he in that second half turnaround for your defense, going from where you were in April and May to kind of where you ended up? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're shortstop, you know, it, 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 that's such a focus defensively, and he did so well. And, you know, I mean, there was other things. You know, Urshela played really good third base. But, you know, he missed some time. Lonnie in right field certainly made a, made a huge difference. And even Almonte in center played so steady. So there was there was a lot of factors in our defense. But I would say Lindor was the primary one just because of the position he plays and the way he played it. Was there a moment that jumps out for you, whether it was a play he made in the field or, like, the home run against the Panthers or tripping over first base? I mean, is there a moment that... There <laughs> you know, there seemed to be a lot of moments, I mean, just because of the way he played. I mean, I know he made a defensive play in Minnesota that we ended up losing the game, but it gave us a chance to win. Um, the home run off Patanza certainly kind of grabbed your attention because you don't see that happen very often. But he did a lot of things. I mean, this kid played, you know, this kid played at such a high level for, for those two months that, man, it was it was impressive. You think he's uh, – I mean, he set the bar pretty high, Tito. What do you what do you expect from him for, from a full season next year? Well, and I think we need to be, you know, we, and I'll probably be the one that has to remind people, 
you know, April in Cleveland can be cold and, you know, the tough time to hit. So we've all seen guys come out of the gate hot, come out of the gate slow. You know, I don't know that, you know, again, you know, it, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, there, there might need to be some patience because it doesn't mean this just going to come out and hit 330 just because he did it this year. I do think it's nice to see that we know what he can do. We know what he's capable of. You know, I don't think anybody that saw him play thought he was remotely lucky. You know, so we know what's in there. And, you know, I think rather than look at the short term, you know, like April or May, I think we feel like for this kid's career, he is going to be one of the better players in the game. And that's really exciting. That's Tribe Manager Terry Francona talking about the American League Rookie of the Year voting that uh, resulted in Carlos Correa, the fine shortstop from the Houston Astros, winning the award. But uh, Indian shortstop Francisco Lindor finishing a close second in a vote that uh, I'm sure for so many of the baseball writers who voted on Rookie of the Year this year, it was a very difficult vote and not much separating those two fine young shortstops who played this past season at 21 years of age or younger in the major leagues and were major impact players for their clubs. Some other news and notes for the Indians. Uh, Late this week, a couple of signings announced on the major league front, minor league contracts, but invites to major league camp for catcher Adam Moore, who spent... All of last season in the Indians organization, he's 31 years old. You'd love to have that veteran catcher as insurance in case something goes wrong. Obviously, the Indians really like their catching situation with Jan Gomes, their frontline catcher, and Roberto Perez, one of the better backups in baseball. But Adam Moore comes back into the organization after spending his first season in the Tribe system a year ago. All of it with AAA Columbus, save for a couple of days at the end of the season, a September call-up. With the Clippers hit 282 and club six home runs and 44 runs driven in, playing 92 games for the International League champions. He has some major league time with uh, the Royals as well as Seattle, as well as the Indians a season ago. So Adam Moore, some good veteran catching insurance back in the system. Also in the system in the outfield, 31-year-old Major League veteran Shane Robinson has been signed to a minor league contract with a Major League invite. Spent his first full season in the big leagues last year with the Minnesota Twins and hit 250. And uh, not a big power hitter, 16 runs driven in, but plays some good defense, can steal a base, and uh, has some good major league experience, 268 regular season games and 18 postseason games with the St. Louis Cardinals, the team that he was drafted and developed by and broke into the big leagues with from 2009 to 2014. So, again, some more veteran insurance. He'll battle for a spot in the major leagues. But uh, if he doesn't make it, certainly some good insurance at the minor league level as well with Shane Robinson. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll continue our look around baseball this offseason. As on a lot of weeks, we'll try and catch up with some teams around baseball, find, up what, uh, find out what they're up to. And this week, we take a look at the Houston Astros. They've been in the news a lot this week with Correa winning the American League Rookie of the Year, Dallas Keuchel, the American League Cy Young Award winner, And, oh, by the way, the Astros made the playoffs this year, something that nobody thought could happen back in spring training. Steve Sparks, one of their radio broadcasters, former major league pitcher, will fill us in on the season that was for Houston and where they are headed when we return with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network. 
Give the gift of baseball this season with a Tribe Holiday Six Pack. Starting at just $84, six packs include tickets to six of the most popular Friday, Saturday, or Sunday Indians games throughout the summer. And they're going wild at Progressive Field. And are available for seating options around the ballpark. Six packs go on sale November 23rd. And when you buy before Thanksgiving, you'll get guaranteed access to purchase opening day tickets. Packs are only available for a limited time. So visit Indians.com to find out more. To those who say, just as the sun rises in the east, so too must breakfast be enjoyed in the morning. McDonald's now says, yeah, we don't really agree with that. Introducing McDonald's new all-day breakfast menu. Now you can get fluffy hotcakes, hash browns, and other delectable tastes day and night. It's time to start enjoying the breakfast you love anytime you wish. Breakfast items vary by location. Deliciousness doesn't. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. We are joined now by one of the radio broadcasters for the Houston Astros, Steve Sparks. And he just completed his third season behind the mic for Houston, and, and this easily the most successful and, and for so many people a surprising season for the Houston Astros. Maybe not, though, so for uh, the folks involved who could kind of see it building the past couple of years with some good young talent. And, uh, Steve, first off, thanks so much for, for joining us on what I know is, is a nice weather day down in Houston as uh, we try and get ready for what could be the first snowfall here this weekend. <laughs> well, you know full well, Rosie, uh, that uh, the summers aren't quite as pleasant as the winters here in Houston. When you guys come here, it's usually sweltering and it's tough to deal with. But uh, we live for the winters here. Today, uh, it's right around 80 degrees and sunny and uh, good golf day. And let's start in, in terms of good things happening to Houston, and we'll get to the season in a bit. But this week, awards-wise, uh, two major awards going to Houston Astros, the Cy Young to Dallas Keuchel and Rookie of the Year to Carlos Correa. And let's start there. That came down to Correa and the Indians' Francisco Lindor in a very close vote. And in your mind, what put Correa over the top among two very, very strong candidates? Well, you know, among the writers, I, I probably just more exposure in the latter stages of the season. I mean, the Indians were in it, but they were they were kind of on the periphery, and I think the Astros were right in the middle of the pennant race, which gave Carlos uh, Correa a little bit more exposure, I would imagine. And he came up big in a lot of those games with some big home runs, which, as you know, shortstops you know, usually don't supply that much power, especially at such a young age. But I know as an impartial viewer, you know, I uh, – I have a lot of respect for Francisco Lindor. They seem like two guys that uh, are going to represent their teams and the franchises for such a long time. I don't think you could have gone wrong with either guy. I was, I was amazed at the uh, the adjustments that Lindor was able to make during the course of the season, being able to hit well over 300 as a switch hitting rookie playing a, a demanding position. I mean, that was that was as good as it gets. And you mentioned youth on both their parts. Correa playing most of the season as a 20-year-old, and how did he yeah. handle the, the challenges of, of that day-to-day -day baseball challenge that, that can really eat up some younger players at times? You know what, he, he expects to be right in the middle of it. And I'll be honest with you, two years ago in spring training, when he was coming into spring training as an 18-year-old, he was already, Rosie, the best guy on our team. I mean, everybody knew that he was the most talented, the most gifted. He stood out, he was the type of guy you couldn't take your eyes off of. 
even at 18, he already had a pretty mature body. You know it's still going to fill out, but maturity uh, well beyond his years. He's, he's extremely candid. Uh, when you talk to him, I, I know about a month into the season, one of the reporters for the Astros asked him if he ever thought about uh, the rookie of the year. And uh, you, you would expect a lot of guys to say, no, I'm just worried about the team. He was he was candid. He said, "Of course, I, I I thought about it the day I walked into this clubhouse. You know, that's one of my goals. And you know, he's just that type of guy. He likes to set those lofty goals. And uh, I think sky's the limit for uh, for he and Lindor." Steve Sparks joining us, Houston Astros radio broadcaster, and uh, perhaps a little bit closer to home because you were a major league pitcher. Uh, you had a chance to watch the best in the American League on the mound this season, Dallas Keuchel, and uh, it didn't seem like. There was much discussion. There shouldn't have been. And, and was it a surprise to, to see his breakthrough, or, or is this just the culmination of, of a, a real good stretch of, of pitching for Keuchel that allowed him to, to put together the type of season he did? Well, I, I, I saw something in, in 2014. In his seventh start on May 7th against the Detroit Tigers, he changed the wrist position on his breaking ball. And he always had a nice little sinker, a nice little change-up combination. But if he missed with his location, he was really getting whacked all over the ballpark. So once he changed the angle and made that pitch such a weapon, uh, he went from having that side wrist position to, to impart the, uh, the spin on that breaking pitch to, to flattening out his wrist like you'd throw a fastball and getting his fingers over the ball. And it, it made the, the slider look like a fastball, and then it kind of disappeared to the, the back foot of the right-handed hitter. And I think that's when everything started to open up for him. If you look... From uh, that seventh start on to last year, 2014, he had about a 2.7 ERA. Where so you saw some real signs of improvement in, in stuff wise. The strikeout numbers were up, and then it just gave him confidence that he could start experimenting with different pitches. Then he started being able to throw that slider this year to both sides of the plate, where he could he could uh, exploit a lot of hitters' weaknesses. He he could make adjustments before they they could adjust to him. He's the type of guy who likes to look at his own scouting reports to see what other teams are going to do to attack him. And he'll change things up. He's got the ability to, to use different weapons to get guys out. And I've never seen a guy, you know, I've played, I've played for a while professionally, I've never seen a guy be able to live just below the knees as well as he does with his uh, two-seam fastball. And he starts it right at the knees. It's not a power sinker. It drops uh, maybe two or three inches, but he consistently throws it right there, and it's a real late, subtle uh, dip in the uh, action of that fastball, and he just produces so many ground balls that with the Astros and their shifts, uh, he really benefits. You know, it's amazing, Steve. You, you talk about Keuchel and the, the adjustment he made to, to get the most out of a certain pitch, and it's so similar to the prior year's Cy Young Award winner, Corey Kluber, who discovered right. that two-seamer that, that really seemed to change the game for him really did and you know we look at and you guys kill us the, the last couple of years even when we're playing well or whatever's going on we run into that buzzsaw of the starting rotation with the Indians and it's it's a handful and everybody knows it and it's just a matter of and you know much better than I do just tweaking maybe uh something here or there in their uh in their office and that's going to be a really tough team to reckon with in the next few years all right, we're joined by Steve Sparks, Houston Astros radio broadcaster. And looking at the season gone by, I think for a lot of folks, the Astros came out of nowhere and, and had the great year. When did 
did you really get a feel that that maybe maybe something really special could happen this year and, and that the team could make a tremendous jump to reach the playoffs? Well, a lot of the credit has to go to A.J. Hinch. Uh, it was his first year as a manager for the Astros. He got hired real early in the offseason. He was able to uh, really prepare uh, to, to create a good and a better and a winning culture for the Astros that they haven't had in such a long time. It's been 10 or 11 years. So he did a great job in spring training. And there was a road trip, a 10-day road trip, uh, late April, uh, where the team really started to believe in themselves. They went 9-1 and one on that road trip. They beat some good teams. Uh, they won in uh, exciting fashion. They won a lot of games late, and their bullpen was lights out, which it hadn't been in, in, in such a long time. Two years ago, the bullpen blew 22 saves, so being able to shore up that was a big difference for the team. But they started to believe in themselves early, and they carried that on uh, for four months, four, four and a half months. Uh, they started to crater a little bit uh, in August. Uh, they ran into a buzzsaw with the Rangers, where the Rangers swept them in four and, and knocked them out of first place. But uh, they came back with some life, and, and guys like Chris Carter kind of caught fire, uh, who hadn't been doing anything the entire season. Colby Rasmus came up big late in the season. So a lot of offensive production from a lot of different guys. And, and, and you know full well, I mean, Carlos Correa kind of solidified things. When he walked into the clubhouse June 8th in Chicago, he got, uh, he got applause, he got hugs. Everybody was excited to see him come in the door because they knew that the, the time was now for the team to, to start uh, possibly a good run of a few years with, uh, with a guy at the helm. You look at how the playoffs turned out, and, and the Royals win it all. Was there right. a feeling in Houston that, man, that, that could have been the Astros because they, they had the Royals on the ropes in, in the division series and, and were awfully close to closing them out? Well, for, for whatever reason, uh, the Astros match up pretty well against the Royals. They've always played them well. They, they had a four-run lead in the eighth inning of Game 4. That they, If they could have closed it out with six outs, uh, then they would have gone on to the next series. Now, the next series would have been a handful with the with the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays handle the Astros pretty well right now. But uh, who knows? You know, if, if you win that next series, your confidence continues to grow like we saw the Royals even two years ago. It just it starts to manifest itself. Everybody starts to believe that somebody's going to pick them up. They can trust each other that somebody's going to come up big for them. But it just didn't work out being able to close out the Royals. Very opportunistic team. Uh, great manager. I think Ned Yost does a great job with those guys. I don't think he gets enough notoriety for the job he's been able to do to create a, a winning culture around there, too. But uh, it was tough. It was a good learning experience for the Astros to be able to beat the Yankees in the wild card game was a was a big boost uh, to I think a lot of guys confidence that they could do it on a big stage and uh, I think they'll go into spring training next year feeling like uh, they got a chance to do it again and along those lines obviously still early in the offseason but we're starting to see some movement uh, what do you see on that checklist of things the Astros would like to have in an, an ideal world that that could allow them to make that next step well, Colby Rasmus accepted his qualifying offer, so it feels like the outfield is set. When you when you have Carlos Gomez in center field, who they got from the Brewers uh, at the trading deadline last year, they got George Springer in right field. Now they have Colby Rasmus in left field. Jake Marisnik can come in and spell him from time to time, as well as Preston Tucker. So it looks like the outfield's set. And it looks like up the middle they're set as well, with Jason Castro, who's made a lot of good strides defensively. Uh, it's been able to handle the pitching staff real well. Then you have Correa and you have Altuve at the middle. Now where it gets a little iffy is maybe the D8 spot. 
Uh, Evan Gaddis did a pretty good job there last year, led the team in RBIs in the corner positions. It looks like Jed Lowry will, will probably be the third baseman. Luis Valbuena provided 27 homers last year, playing mostly third base, so he could be there. And first base is the big hole right now. Chris Carter played the bulk of the year there. I'm not sure if they're going to want to pay him what uh, uh, he'd be able to make in arbitration next year, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they they tender him a contract. I think they're going to go out there and look for uh, relief pitchers. That's where they, they fell short last year. Uh, they decided to not, not to pick up Chad Qualls' uh, contract for next year. That was a club option, so they declined that. So Tony Sipp, who used to be a Cleveland Indian, a uh, big part of the uh, bullpen last year, he's a free agent. He only gave up one run in the second half of the last season. They could lose him. Somebody could pay him big on a three-year contract, and they may lose him. So they got a lot of work to do in the bullpen. In the rotation, I think they'd go after somebody if it presented itself. They've got a real deep farm system, so they've got a lot of chips to play with uh, in that area. But uh, everybody's looking for starting pitching. Everybody's looking for uh, uh, somebody in the bullpen, so it's going to cost a, a lot to get them. So it just depends on how much they want to give up. Steve Sparks joining us, radio broadcaster for the Astros. And, uh, Sparky, I know you – you spend the off season in the the Houston area, and when yeah. the Indians last played in Houston, it, it was the opening series of the season a year ago. They were coming off the the tough seasons. Yes, there was some optimism, but uh, describe for us the difference. Uh, people were excited because it was an opening day, but you didn't really get the feeling that that they were on board yet with with what could potentially happen, and then did. Uh, what's it like as a baseball town now in the off season and heading into next year? Well, there's a lot of buzz, and I, I, you know, I don't know if it's because the Texans and, and the uh, Rockets are on a little bit of a downslide right now, but there's a lot of buzz about the Astros right now. And when the team's good, this this town's uh, a lot like Cleveland because I played against the Indians in the heyday at, at the Jake in uh, in '95 through you know 2002, and when things were buzzing around there so well. But uh, it's it's a big time baseball town. There uh, there's a lot of fans that uh, are or staying on top of the hot stove and trying to just decipher what the team's going to do as far as uh, setting their 40-man rosters and who they're going to be able to protect. A lot of a lot of fans you'll you'll see now that are really paying close attention to the farm system, which is usually a pretty good indicator that a team that uh, the, the fans are really starting to get into it. The Astros were rated the best farm system uh, in baseball last year. They had seven teams go to the playoffs in the minor leagues last year, so they feel like. They've got a lot of cat talent going through the system. They're just wondering when some of these guys are going to be able to make a mark. But, you know, a lot of times there's tough decisions to make. Uh, protecting guys, you're going to lose some guys. The Astros lost one guy last year, Delano DeShields, who ended up being the starting center fielder for the Rangers. And he wasn't even protected on the Astros' 40-man roster in the offseason. So those are tough decisions to make to be able to uh, foresee what guys are going to end up being. But I think uh, this town's kind of right. Uh, you know, everybody's looking forward to a winter around here. It's been a while, and not since uh, the days of Bagwell and Biggio have people been so excited about guys like Correa, Springer, and Altuve. And we'll leave you with this. Can you still throw a knuckleball? You know what? Uh, the, the team always has to throw batting practice to them uh, whenever they're going to face R.A. Dickey. So that's about the only time, now that my son's in college, I don't have to throw batting practice to him all the time anymore. So uh, my arm's not in as great a shape as it used to be, but uh, 
I can still take the spin off of it every once in a while. <laughs> All right, Steve. Hey, thanks so much for the visit. This was enjoyable, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing the Astros uh, during the regular season next year. Always looking forward to seeing you guys. That's Steve Sparks, radio broadcaster for the Houston Astros. Stay with us. More of Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Are you or is someone you love suffering from sandwich envy? Do you look longingly at other Subway sandwiches and wish they were your own? Not surprisingly, this is a common side effect of the Subway Chicken and Bacon Ranch Melt. With tender all-white meat chicken, crispy bacon, Monterey cheddar, and cool creamy ranch on freshly baked bread. Fortunately, there is an effective cure for sandwich envy. Get to Subway and grab your own chicken and bacon ranch milk today. It's that simple. Subway. Eat fresh. Warning. While eating chicken and bacon ranch milk, those around you may begin to suffer from their own sandwich envy. Meet Madeline, record collector. Call me Maddie. Maddie's smart, but doesn't know her bank charges a monthly fee. A uh, monthly fee? Yeah. I could use that money on music. Yep. Like rock flute. Uh-huh. Tuba slow jams. Okay. Dance yodeling. Sure. Switch to a KeyBank hassle-free account with no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees and get $100 when transaction requirements are met. For details about this offer or how to get $300, go to key.com slash switch now or any KeyBank branch. Member FDIC. Give the gift of baseball this season with a Tribe Holiday Six-Pack. Starting at just $84, six-packs include tickets to six of the most popular Friday, Saturday, or Sunday Indians games throughout the summer. And they're going wild at Progressive Field. And are available for seating options around the ballpark. Six-packs go on sale November 23rd. And when you buy before Thanksgiving, you'll get guaranteed access to purchase opening day tickets. Packs are only available for a limited time. So visit Indians.com to find out more. It's Flo, and this is my impression of someone calling into Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, this is Flo, long-time caller, first time on air. I just wanted to say that I think it is absolute hogwash not to go out there and try Progressive's Name Your Price tool. You can see all your coverage options, and options are how you get rings, championship rings, and parades of rings. Finding options to fit your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. You know, not for nothing, but my favorite rings have candy on them. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us this weekend as we head in to the Thanksgiving week and the holiday season. And for Tribe fans looking for a holiday gift that can make the Tribe fan and your family or friends extremely happy, they are proud to announce that holiday six-packs are available starting on Monday. And to fill us in on everything that the six-packs involved and uh, prices, all that kind of good stuff, Indians Communications Coordinator Joel Hammond. Tribe Holiday Six-Packs are back this year, Rosie. You're going to get six tickets to either a Friday, a set of Fridays, Saturday, or Sunday games at Progressive Field, six of our most popular summer weekends. So starting in June, ending in August, uh, it's really a, a great deal. They start at $84, and there's a catch. If you buy before Thanksgiving, you're going to get access, uh, pre, uh, pre-sale access to opening day tickets, which, as we know, go quickly here in Cleveland. A uh, holiday of sorts, another holiday of sorts. So uh, uh, start at $84. Um, you're going to get six tickets to uh, six of the best weekends at Progressive Field uh, next summer. Uh, really a great uh, gift idea as you're, as you're prepping for uh, your holiday gift plans. 
A lot of fans always want to know, hey, where are these tickets? What, what type of seating options do you have? We have four different uh, seating options. So they range from the lower bleachers, which are, uh, are great seats, but they, uh, you know, they're in the, in the outfield, really. So uh, from the lower bleachers all the way around behind, uh, behind home plate, whatever your, uh, you know, whatever your preference is as far as seating and cost. So, uh, again, starting the lower bleachers, come around the, the lower bowl, and uh, really great options no matter what uh, you know, price level you're looking for or seating area you're looking for. And just looking at the schedule, some quality opponents in there from just a, a fan standpoint. Yeah, so you've got uh, Kansas City, who, uh, as we know, won the World Series, and you've got uh, other, yeah, right, other uh, other AL Central rivals. Really, we we identified those summer weekends to uh, give our fans the best options, right? So we we're going to reward you for buying early uh, with uh, price savings A and B, also some of the best opponents that are going to be here at Progressive Field this summer. So uh, very excited about this. A lot of folks know how to buy tickets, but just in case, how do you get them? Well, we've got uh, a, a very convenient page for you, indians.com slash sixpacks. That's S-I-X-P-A-C-K-S. Go there. You'll get uh, the entire scoop on the ticket, uh, the new holiday, holiday six-packs. Uh, you'll get the locations. You'll get the game schedule. Um, really going to be uh, a, a popular item. And again, buy them before Thanksgiving, and that way you get that pre-sale access to opening day tickets. Great stuff. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Rosie. Joel Hammond, Indians Communications Coordinator. Once again, those are the Tribe Holiday Six Packs. They start for six games at just 84 bucks. And some of the opponents that you're talking about on these weekend series, the Royals in June and the defending World Series champions. Boy, it still seems um, odd to say that when you consider where Kansas City has been prior to the past couple of seasons. The White Sox also in June. The Yankees in early July. Oakland at the end of July. The Angels coming in in mid-August for Rock and Blast weekend. That's on the slate. And the Blue Jays, who had such a fun team to watch this past year. They'll be in in August, and they are part of the series that are involved in the Tribe Holiday Six Packs. So grab them at Indians.com slash Six Packs. You'll be all set to go, and if you want to take advantage of that uh, great offer that Joel was talking about regarding opening day availability. Make sure you buy this week, Monday, and then leading into Thanksgiving. you got to get it done before Thanksgiving. So check it out at Indians.com slash Six Packs, the Tribe Holiday Six Packs. Stay with us when we return. It's Indians VP Bobby DiBiasio. Bobby D with a Tribe Tale to finish us off after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Just like your Cleveland Indians, Medical Mutual has made a lot of history here in Northeast Ohio. Our rookie year was 1934, when we became one of the nation's first health insurance companies. Today, we field a full roster of all-star plans that serve 1.6 million customers all around Ohio, including a certain well-known baseball team. Whether you need coverage for yourself, your family, or your business, call Medical Mutual, the official health insurer of your Cleveland Indians. Visit medmutual.com slash go tribe. Hello, and this is my impression of a play-by-play announcer who loves to save money. And here at Progressive, it's discounts all day. The customer's a safe driver and nails it with a discount. Signed up for paperless billing, and it's a discount from downtown. Insuring multiple vehicles, and kablam, shakalaka, fadeaway, cross-court, coast-to-coast, discount mania! Whew, should we go to commercial? Wait, this is a commercial. With all kinds of discounts, Progressive helps you save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. 
where we conclude this week's edition of Tribe Talk with a tribe tale from Indians Vice President Bob DiBiasio. It's time for another Tribe Tale with Bob DiBiasio. Joining me now on Tribe Tales is former Tribe Hurler and current co-host of the Indians pregame and postgame show on Sports Time Ohio, Jensen Lewis. Jensen, you having fun with that new gig on Sports Time Ohio? Yeah, that's better out there, Bobby D. Uh, you have to come make a visit pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been a while since I've had a chance to uh, connect with you guys. You're putting that uh, communications degree that you got at Vanderbilt uh, to pretty good use. <laughs> yeah, I got some people saying, why didn't you do it earlier? So I don't know <laughs> if that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, Vanderbilt is one of the uh, premier baseball schools, uh, uh, collegiate baseball schools in the United States. A lot of pitchers uh, out of that school reach the big leagues. Uh, what's the secret there, Jensen? Well, I, I got to give a lot of credit to my former pitching coach there, Derek Johnson. He's now the pitching coordinator for the Chicago Cubs, and was fortunate uh, to be able to learn under him. And, and Jeremy Sowers uh, actually was, you know, one of my teammates. Obviously. Uh, former Vanderbilt guy, but also uh, with the Indians. And uh, just being able to learn under him and, and both those guys were pretty integral uh, in helping shape my mentality and, and my physical drive uh, to be able to succeed. But just a lot of fun there uh, and really a supportive environment. A very, very competitive, uh, but it really helped shape uh, my uh, day-to-day routine uh, to be able to get through professional baseball and reach the big leagues quickly. You're a third-round selection of the Cleveland Indians in 2005, and that uh, was rather special uh, for you as as you were a Tribe fan uh, despite growing up in Cincinnati. Yeah, my entire family's from Medina. We, we've been born and raised diehard, you know, Browns, Indians, Cavs fans. So uh, another cool thing, you know, one of my favorite players growing up was Omar Vizquel. Uh, and, and ironically, I was, uh, you know, the supplemental pick, you know, for losing him. Uh, so that was, that was really kind of cool as well. Uh, obviously, you know, having the chance to, to run through the system, you know, very quickly was very fortunate, uh, you know, to get up uh, in 07 as quickly as I did. But man, I, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, from draft day uh, all the way through to my major league debut uh, on my dad's birthday, just a, just a storybook, uh, you know, kind of journey there and obviously something I'll never forget. Well, we're chatting with former Tribe hurler Jensen Lewis, and uh, yeah, you you did get through the minor leagues pretty quickly. You were there just a little over two years. Uh, you earn your first big league win uh, September 18th versus the Detroit Tigers. Take us back to that special moment. Well, that was uh, that was a weird day because uh, you know CC had a really high pitch count uh, and, and was going to be out after five innings. We were facing Verlander. Uh, and I remember the phone ringing, and I, I was thinking, you know what, there, there's no way it's me. Uh, you know, we're we're in a tight game right there. And, uh, you know, Louis Isaac looks over and says, Jensen, you win. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh, you're kidding me. So, you know, I'm getting up there. I'm firing, you know, heaters into Danny Williams, our bullpen catcher, just getting loose and, and just trying to think, okay, you know, just take it, you know, hitter by hitter. Don't make it too big. Uh, and I remember the heartbeat getting on the mound that first, uh, that first inning. I was – I was really letting it go, but I knew, I knew warming up that night, I had some good stuff. I, I really felt good, really felt strong. The velocity was there. Changeup was really good. Uh, ended up, uh, you know, I think going three scoreless. Uh, and we hit a couple homers off Verlander late, 
uh, you know, got to the ninth. Uh, Joe Bo ended up closing it out for us. Uh, you know, got the uh, got to do the, the post game interview and got pied in the face the whole deal. I remember Aaron Laffey coming over and and getting me pretty good there. Uh, they got pictures sent to me from people watching the post game show. Obviously, we'll we'll never forget it. Jensen, thanks for uh, allowing us to uh, you know go down memory lane and being with us on this edition of Tribe Tales. And on behalf of Tribe fans everywhere, we wish you the very very best. Look forward to it, Bobby D. I look forward to swinging the sticks with you here sometime soon. Absolutely, sir. Jensen Lewis, our latest Tribe Tale. And that'll do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us. Hey, have a, an outstanding Thanksgiving this week with friends and family. However you celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday, make it a good one. And we'll catch up with you again next weekend for another edition of Tribe Talk. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Talking tribe, you're talking baseball. Talking tribe. Hey, 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 let's go tribe. Hey, 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 let's go tribe. You've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.